Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. Hi, and welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, episode 381. Hey, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. Thanks so much for tuning in to yet another awesome episode. Today's guest is Brian Lebrecht. Brian has a background in engineering where he works as a plastics engineer in corporate America still to this day. He started investing in 2010, buying single family properties, scaling to small multis, and transitioning to larger multifamilies today. It's an exciting conversation where we talk about Brian's journey to financial freedom and beyond, all while working a W-2 day job and no plans to quit doing that. So let's go ahead and jump right into this week's episode with Brian Labreck. All right, today I welcome on the show my good friend, Brian Labreck. Brian, hey, thanks so much for joining us today. Hey, Jacob. Hey, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. That's our pleasure. It's been a long time coming. I'm excited to have you on the show. For people that don't know you, Brian, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, your background, your journey, all that good stuff. Yeah, well, I'll try to keep it brief uh, as we only got a little bit of time here. But in essence, Jacob, you know, I've been, you know, and I still do today uh, work in corporate America. I am a plastics engineer. I'm in sales now, but in essence, I've developed and continue to help customers bring medical devices to market that are made out of plastics. So for years, I did the engineering part of it, and then I moved into a sales and marketing and leadership role as of late. Uh, I still have this corporate job because, well, it gives me a lot of flexibility. I work from home. You know, everybody in the COVID, you know, with the pandemic, you know, kind of came out of the office and into the home office. I was already there. So for me, it was uh, didn't skip a beat and uh, continued to work in corporate America, but also to build my uh, real estate portfolio. I love it, Brian. And so many people to, in today's day and age, I feel like are anxious to get out of the quote unquote rat race, quit their W-2, leave corporate America, become entrepreneurs and full-time real estate investors, right? And while that's an awesome path, you have to step back and think that W-2 I've come to learn in the past few years is a huge asset just for solely qualifying for real estate loans, right? So Exactly. Exactly. I agree with you, Jacob. I mean, you know, I think we all aspire to be full-time real estate investors, but you can do some damage with your part-time, <laughs> with your part-time, you know, bandwidth, if you will, in real estate. And, you know, obviously I think we're going to talk more about all the maybe the different aspects of real estate that I've worked on. But, you know, I've been doing this for over a decade now. And, you know, I've tried a lot of different things. Yeah, let's kind of get into that. But before we get into the what you do, let's kind of start with the why. I've been, I've been kind of leading and teasing with this question uh, lately. I love it. So let's yeah. start there. Why is it that you're doing yeah. this real yeah. estate thing? What's yeah. drawn you to it? Yeah, no, I mean, uh, 
you know, corporate America, you know, I find and found and was kind of the precipitous for me to get into real estate was back in 2008, 2009. You know, I was working, you know, been a professional, been an, even a professional working in corporate America. You know, I didn't appreciate some of the treatment I received when, you know, my father was deathly ill. I only took off a couple of weeks to tend to my father because, you know, that's all it took. But I was like, man, you know, I've worked hard to put myself in a professional situation. And, you know, I'm getting this kind of treatment and disrespect in corporate America. I said, you know, I don't want to be beholden to corporate America to survive and to have flexibility in my personal life. And so after that, you know, emotional kind of roller coaster, if you will, instead of being a victim, I decided to take some action and to pursue financial independence. And, you know, being an engineer, you know, I thought of, uh, you know, a lot of, you know, everybody, right, wants to start their own business, you know, come up with the next widget. And, you know, I just, you know, I rolled around a couple of years on trying to come up with ideas on what I could do to break off, right? And I just, you know, it's like a lot of us, right? I read the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. Actually, I had the Rich Dad, Poor Dad book back in 2000, and then it was on my bookshelf. And, you know, during this 2009 period, I picked it up again, and I started to get educated, and that's how it all kind of began, and I just kept pushing. Let's talk about how it all began. What did the very first investment or foray into the real estate investing world for you look like? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't pretty. I, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'm here to tell your listeners, you know, it's not all rosy, right? I mean, but there's one thing for sure. You're never going to get wealthy without being in the game, right? So you're going to have to roll with it, right? But anyway, my very first deal was a single family home I bought on an online auction. And you know what? I still own it today, just so you know. Okay. But, <laughs> but you know, I had these big aspirations. I just, I jumped in, right? I jumped in. It's like jumping off a cliff, honestly. And I was like, oh my God, what did I get myself into? I renovated the place. Now, listen, I'm a handy guy, but I'm not a contractor. So, you know, I was really beholden to contractors. And boy, was I drinking from a fire hose. It was uh, touch and go there. But anyway, I get it. I get it all renovated. I put my first tenants in it. And it wasn't long thereafter, they stopped paying the rent. And so I got my first taste of eviction, right? And it took me a while to get them out. And the next person I put in that property is still in that property today. Wow, okay. And she's never called me for a repair on the property in seven, eight years. So, I mean, so again, here's. You know, I could have given up. I could have, you know, got rid of that property. And now today, you know, the equity in that property is just phenomenal, right? I more than doubled my investment in that property is zero, right? It's an infinite return. Yeah. And the equity is, you know, 100 plus K, right? And uh, compared to back then. So that's kind of the good, the bad and, you know, the not so good kind of story on that one. I love it. Yeah, we've all been there, all made mistakes. And it's just one of those things like you don't know what you don't know until you just dive in and start taking action, right? 
exactly. definitely necessary to educate yourself, read the rich dad books, kind of develop that mindset, get into the nuts and bolts, but you, eventually you have to kind of take action, you know, have the rubber meet the road. And then there's like really the real learning process, right? So you can only learn about stuff by listening to podcasts and reading books, which are all great to do, but you actually eventually have to take action. So that's just what you did. You had a little bit of a rocky start. Obviously, it's smoothed out. And I'm sure you've gone on to do more things. So kind of tell us what that progression looked like for you. You know, I actually was, uh, and I technically I still am a coach for folks around the United States on flipping properties, wholesaling, you know, basically coaching new people on to how to get started, right? And so just like a lot of us who've maybe been around for, you know, a decade plus, you know, a lot, the most common way to begin is, you know, wholesaling properties and, you know, flipping properties. And so, you know, I've done, you know, dozens of deals across the country, but also in my local area, I've flipped properties. And, you know, it's kind of funny. I've always, you know, real estate's kind of a funny thing. There's, to be a real estate investor, there's a lot of information out there, but everybody has their idea to the gold, right? But every one of us are unique in the way we got or pursuing the gold. And, you know, I'm no different. I hemmed and hawed trying to figure out how to get there from here, right? And I found about five years ago that flipping properties is a job. And, you know, is that really the lifestyle I want? So I quickly started to pivot and I started to add you know, multifamilies, so duplexes, triplexes. So I bought a three-family, and in February of 2015, maybe, and it was, I inherited one tenant, and then I put in another tenant, and the other tenant was a professional tenant, and what I mean by that is the only time I ever got any money from them was the day they moved in. So again, I was still making a mistake, right? So at any rate, I fought on that property all year. I bought that property as a owner financed, was a three family. I bought it for 60 grand and I was in Florida on business and I got a phone call from my property manager. It was December 9th of 2015, the year I bought it. And he asked me if I saw the news. I said, no. He said, Vigent Street, which we used to call, he says, it's on fire. I said, what? He says, it's on fire. I said, oh my God. So anyway, to make a long story short, and for your viewers and listeners, you know, I end up walking away from that deal with, you know, after all said and done, a couple hundred grand, right? Because, you know, you had the insurance, it was a complete loss. And I had insurance on the property and the full payout was like, you know, $330,000, right? And then after you pay everything and, you know, I had the demolition, I had to, but I never gone through that. But here's another, you know, you don't succeed unless you're in the game, right? And bad things happen, but you know what? The, the outcome can be very positive, too. Nobody got hurt. You know, everybody got out, and everything was cool. But at any rate, so I pivoted into multifamily, and I still have a bunch of, you know, smaller duplexes, triplexes. And I've been a big believer of the Burr strategy, right? You yeah. buy, you renovate, you rent. You refinance, you go on to the next one. So I'm a Love big, it. big believer, right? And I just, and I'll tell you an, another story because I just did this for my son. And then 
you know, but even that is becoming, you know, more of a job, right? So I said that, you know, it's time to go larger. I need more doors, right? And so that's how, you know, I think you and I met and, you know, because you're on the same journey. And so not only is it one thing to go larger, it's also another thing to go into other markets, right? So those are two kind of new areas that, you know, I engaged this, well, last year, you know, and I bought a 20 unit in Knoxville, Tennessee. Nice. I really like Knoxville. A really, really hot market right now, actually. I'm glad to be there because the value of my property has probably gone up, you know, half a million dollars in six months. I mean, it's just going nuts right now, right? But, you know, it's been a little more difficult to buy property because everybody's interested in bidding it up. So, you know, again, my pursuit is, you know, to continue the, you know, today or it's been a while, but I've been financially free, but, you know, I'm kind of an active guy. I like to stay in corporate America. It keeps my senses sharp. And I'm interested in large apartment buildings, self-storage, mobile homes. You know, I love to just get educated, you know, and that's, you know, kind of what I'm doing now. I want to ask you about this, Brian, and that's something around that financial freedom piece of your journey. So many people aspire, and that's the very first milestone that they can see is financial freedom. In other words, your passive income pays for your lifestyle, your day-to-day living, right? And you don't have to work or earn an income to survive, to live, to pay your bills, right? So that's kind of like milestone number one. Now you've reached that, which is a huge milestone, which you've kind of continued pushing, but yet you're still working. Is it more like that flexibility, just like that peace of mind knowing you don't necessarily have to go to work tomorrow or next week, or if you just decide to call it quits at any time, you've got that ability? What's kind of keeping you going past that milestone? Yeah, you know, I think, You know, I like to bring value, right? I think we all like to bring value to society and keeping involved in corporate America, you know, just uh, enables me to continue to contribute, right? And, you know, and that's a journey in and of itself. But it's absolutely that the financial freedom enables you to say, hey, if I lose my job tomorrow, you know, how long can I survive, right? How long can I live without? And that's, you know, it's kind of funny. When I reached that point is when corporate America, you know, up to the point of financial freedom, I kept saying, I want to get out of the rat race. But once I got to that point, I said, you know, corporate America is really fun right now, right? When you can go to work and say, I can hang my hat and call it a day if there's something that's not, you know, whatever happens, right? So anyway, that's probably because I'm having fun, right? I like to be social. I like to give back to the younger professionals coming up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it gives you a paycheck. But I tell you, and we spoke a little bit about it. I mean, having a W-2, you know, does help you qualify, you know, for financing. And having that extra cash coming in, you know, enables me to help to accelerate my real estate investing business. And so, you know, until the real estate investment business kind of takes on a life of its own, and gets to a size that just absolutely makes it impossible for me to have a day job, you know, I'm going to keep doing the day job. I think there's something to be said about having to do something and then choosing to do something, even if those things are the exact same thing, right? Say in some wild scenario, you propose to me the scenario where I must lay on the beach in Cancun, Mexico and drink mojitos all day long. Well, 
that'd be pretty cool for a day or two. And then you said, Jacob, no, you've got day three, day five, day 70 left. You've got to do that. Pretty soon I'd come to resent that idea. I'd want to get up and get moving and go do something or get back to work. But if you've got the option to do this thing, then it, it changes your whole perspective. And I think that goes for the same of going to your day job, right? Yeah. 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 I would never understand that unless I had the option to be financially free. You know, I don't think people can really understand that mindset of why you work sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and the fact that you actually enjoy it. So until you become, you know, financially free. For those people that are aspiring to reach that first milestone of financial freedom, Brian, kind of pull back the curtains a little bit. How long did it take you to achieve that in terms of like years, door count, anything like that? And can you kind of give some insight yeah. there? Yeah, I'm trying to think. Let's see. So probably seven years ago. And, you know, and I think the importance of financial freedom in my eyes was being debt free, right? So my house is paid off, you know, everything I own, everything I own, I don't owe anybody anything. So that was kind of rule number one. So, you know, part of it was, you know, pivoting on my own housing and, you know, trying to, you know, put make sure that, you know, the lifestyle I wanted and everything was, you know, I was debt free. So I think that, you know, so probably 48 was the more accurate of a date. And that was around the time of that property that burned down, getting, you know, those mm -hmm. proceeds and just being smart.